friends, and welcome to the Everyday Truth Podcast with Kurt Skelly. We are here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day. And we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. Right now, we're studying the book of Revelation in a series called The End is the Beginning. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. And welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Appreciate uh, so much you joining us today. Sorry, I'm a bit tongue-tied. Uh, we've been doing a lot here uh, with the start of school and just kind of all kinds of meetings going on. So I'm sorry that I'm a little bit, uh, feel a little bit frazzled, but hopefully we can settle in here today. Uh, I have my Museum of the Bible mug uh, with me today, and I want you to know that this has been filled with coffee like seven times today. I'm trying to do better with my caffeine intake, but some days just demand more than others, I think. Uh, but we are in Revelation chapter number 11. So if you want to find your place in Revelation chapter 11, um, I feel like this microphone is really high today. Sorry about that if it's kind of obscuring my, my face here. But uh, Revelation chapter 11, and I want you to notice verse number 14, uh, where the Bible says, The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe cometh quickly. So just as a matter of review, remember we're in a section called the seven trumpets. And uh, the first four trumpets uh, were kind of viewed as a group, remember? And then the, the, the last three trumpets are also called the three woes. Hey, things are getting worse. And now two of those woes have passed. We've been talking about them. And the third woe is yet to come. Now, here's the confusing part. The confusing part is it doesn't seem as if what we're going to read today is a woe. It looks as if what we're going to read today is more of a wow in a good sense. But remember, the chronology of Revelation is a little bit hard to be definitive about. It seems that the seven seals... The seventh seal introduces the seven trumpets, and it seems like the seventh trumpet has within it what we call the seven vials, and we'll read about them in chapter 16. Sometimes we call them the seven bowls. Uh, so it, it seems that this third woe involves the destruction of the world, the judgment of this world during the tribulation time, uh, the the uh, the incipient reign of the Lord Jesus Christ upon planet Earth, the, the setting down of Antichrist and his armies. So there's a lot more going on than just the synopsis that we're going to see at the end of chapter number uh, 11. In fact, what we're seeing in chapter 11 is the heavenly reality, the heavenly reality of everything's coming to a culminating point uh, the, the Lord is about to wield a wonderful victory, and heaven rejoices in that prospect. So look at Re Revelation chapter 11 and verse number 14. So the second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. And here it is, verse 15. And the seventh angel sounded and there, was a, and there were great voices in heaven saying, and you're going to recognize this if you are a Christmas Handel Messiah fan, verse 15, 
that there were great voices in heaven saying, the kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. So what, what, a, what a great a chorus of voices this is to say the kingdoms of this world are being overtaken by, are now assumed in power and authority by Christ. And this is a great fulfillment of Psalm 2, the fact that the anointed one, the Christ, the Messiah, will rule and reign. And of course, we know this eschatologically that one day you and I, as New Testament believers, who will, will, we will return with Christ. Uh, the New Testament believers are depicted in this chapter as being part of the 24 elders. 24 in the Bible being a number of, of representation. We talked about this back in chapter 4. And so we, as New Testament saints, in heaven at this time during tribulation, will return to this earth with Jesus, uh, the Christ, and we will see uh, the victory at Armageddon. We will be there for the setting up of the kingdom in Jerusalem. We will be part of the rule and reign of Christ for that 1,000-year millennial reign. So m- much of what we're talking about here in chapter number 11 uh, will not just be that which we will read about and study now, but it'll be that which we will experience. And uh, this heavenly uh, chorus uh, that the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of, of our Christ we will be there. We will hear this. What a, what a wonderful day that will be. Verse number 16, and the four and 20 elders. Again, I know that there's a difference of opinion on this, but I happen to believe that the four and 20 elders represent uh, Christians uh, of this church age. Uh, elders in the Bible always refers to human beings, never to angels. Uh, remember, they're wearing the victor's crown, Back in chapter 4, crowns are never given to angels. They have overcome. Angels have not overcome in the sense that they needed victory over sin. Uh, they're wearing white robes. And so every indication in Revelation 4, every indication in Revelation 11 is that this is uh, th- these represent New Testament saints. They can't be tribulation saints. Uh, they can't be Israel. And yet 24 in the Bible is a number of representation. There were 24 orders of, of priests, courses uh, of priests. And so I think the, the best view is that this represents us, New Testament saints. And the Bible says that the t- four and 20 elders, which sat before God on their seats, fell upon their faces and worshiped God. So again, what a day that you and I will be there in heaven on the cusp of final victory, and praising God for the victory that is ours in Christ and for the victory that Christ will oversee as he returns to this earth. And ultimately, uh, Antichrist and the kingdoms of this world are put down and the kingdoms of this world become the kingdom of our Christ. <laughs> Look at verse number 17. Uh, and as these 24 elders are on their faces worshiping, ascribing worth to God. The Bible says in verse 17, saying, so here is the verbalization of their worship, saying, we give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come. In other words, you you are present, you were, you are to come, you are the eternal God, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power 
and hast reigned. Now, look at verse 18, because I think this helps us to understand where the woe comes in. So remember we said that this is the seventh trumpet. The angel is announcing a woe uh, that upon the earth, and the woe is a woe that is um, of great significance and, and negativity because the Bible said that these third three last three woes were even greater than the first. So what, what are they? Well, I think that they are summarized and outlined in verse 18 because the Bible says, and the nations were angry. So that tells you a little bit about the attitude of the world toward God in the tribulation, led by Antichrist, uh, empowered by Satan, rebelling against God. Now, we know that the 144,000 are saved and sealed. We know that they're preaching a message of redemption and, and the gospel. But we also know that the vast majority of mankind, having received the mark of the beast, having been duped by Antichrist, uh, are angry against God. They're, they're, they're high-handedly standing against God. A- anger is an attitude of the heart, is it not? So the Bible says, the, the nations were angry and thy wrath is come. Do you see the, the, the comparison there? So the nations are angry against God, but their anger has no power. It, it, it's vehement. Uh, it is directed toward God. But ultimately, it has no power, but thy wrath is come. And what that means is not just the attitude of God toward a rebellious world, but the the ability of God to act upon in righteousness his wrath on those who have rejected his grace. So the Bible says, thy wrath is come, verse 18, and the time of the dead that they should be judged and that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets. So this will be a time of the judgment of the world, a time of the rewarding of the resurrection of the righteous dead. We'll talk more about that as we talk about uh, the resurrections a little bit later on. Verse uh, number 18, and to the saints and them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. So there's the woe. The woe is that the coming of Messiah is of great value to those that have been martyred. It's of great value to those that have received him and embraced him. But it is of great detriment to those that are angry against him. It's of, it's of eternal significance detrimentally toward those that uh, have allied themselves with Antichrist against him. Look at verse number 19 quickly in closing. And the temple of God, this is so interesting because chapter 11, remember, began with a view of the temple on earth. Remember we talked about that? But now in verse number 19, we see another temple. And we've referred to this several times in our study. And the temple of God was opened in heaven. So again, that's another indication that the tabernacle that God designed and gave the dimensions of to Moses was simply a pattern of the heavenly tabernacle, the heavenly furnishings, the heavenly throne room of God, the heavenly temple. And the Bible says here in verse number 19 that the temple of God was opened in heaven. 
and there was seen in his temple the ark of his testimony. So on earth, what's the holiest place in the temple? The holiest place is the the holy of holies is the place where the ark of the testimony was. Remember, inside of which was the uh, the law, uh, the pot of manna, God's provision, and Aaron's rod that budded, God's power. So God's precepts, God's provision, God's power overlaid by the mercy seat. This is where God meets man. Uh, wonderful symbolism, but it's all a symbol of the real thing in heaven. And here in heaven, the very, the very central point of heaven is opened. The ark of testimony, the fact that man has a relationship with God because of the sprinkled blood of the lamb upon that altar. There is fellowship. There is victory. There is relationship. All of it. All of it. And the Bible says the ark of the testimony and there were lightnings and voices and thunderings and earthquake and great hail. Remember at the giving of the first covenant, the law, the lightning and the thundering and the earthquake. You can read all about that in the book of Exodus. Well, here we see a great example of the new covenant in, in heaven revealed in all of its glory and the shaking and the lightning and the thundering that there is hope to have a restored relationship with God. And there is the reality of people in the presence of God. And there is a future where God dwells among men and men dwell with him and Revelation chapter 11 and verse 19 is kind of the exclamation point for all of that. Now, I know today we didn't talk much about a woe in the sense of bad news. Now, we saw judgment in verse number 18, but hang on because we're going to go into a chapter next episode that is highly symbolic and we'll try to work through those symbols. And then eventually we're going to get to those seven vials or bowls in chapter number 16 And we're going to see a little bit more detail about this third woe, this seventh trumpet. You'll have to hang around to hear more about it. Hey, I hope you have a great day today. Appreciate you tuning in as always. um, And we'll see you next episode. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.